1: Hi, it's Andrew Tate. Welcome to Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, the podcast that recounts the worst vacation, holiday, and out-of-town adventures ever experienced by our poor, unfortunate listeners, who are also very good at storytelling. Usually around here, the subject of the story and the person telling the story are one and the same. They had a very bad trip, a terrible vacation, and they give us a firsthand account of the drudgery and doom. This week is a little different, Colin experienced the horrible vacation, in this case a cruise, and a lot of really, really bad stuff happens. There's death, loneliness, vomiting, a less than ideal bathroom situation, but none of these truly awful things actually happened to Colin directly. He was just there, and unwittingly and accidentally observed one awful experience after another. Colin was 12 years old at the time, and an inadvertently embedded reporter. And now, 30 years later, he's finally filing his harrowing story of hell on Earth, which was supposed to be a simple pleasure cruise with his one cool aunt. So, let's pick up that anchor and set course for adventure. It's Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, Episode 9, Bruising for a Cruising.
0: So both of my parents are doctors, so they were always very busy. They weren't neglectful, I I saw them every day. We'd take vacations, but um, things got a little dicey in the summer when I was young. They couldn't be at home to watch me and they didn't really like the idea of a daycare, so they loaded me up with activities to keep me busy and looked after.
1: In the summer of 1990, Colin was 12 years old and some change, so almost old enough to be trusted to stay home alone for most of the day, but his parents weren't quite ready for that yet.
0: Activities and structure all day, every day, except for one week in July where they couldn't get anything going. No sports, no lessons. Friends were all going out of town on their family vacations. My mom commiserated to my aunt about this, uh, who's also a doctor. She'd just uh, finished med school and for about a year had been working her first real doctor job as a cruise ship doctor.
1: And so Aunt Deb proposed a solution
0: she'd take Colin on a cruise with her. Her cruise line uh, had this perk where you could go on a five-day cruise for free, but you had to be uh, kind of on call in case any other uh, employees got sick or injured or they just needed you in an emergency. That had apparently never happened, so we were just looking at a free week-long cruise. I mean, she could just take it easy and enjoy herself because she never really got to do that at sea.
1: Colin desperately tried to contain his excitement.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I was really excited. I'd actually wanted to go on a cruise forever and sort of kept that to myself because it's so extravagant and and, and kind of cheesy, I guess. Uh, my, my friend's mom worked at a travel agency, and I had all these brochures and catalogs about cruises. I'd just pore over all the time. And I watched uh, Love Boat reruns every day after school. That was an odd child. So my parents definitely must have known about that.
1: And so, after lots of hugs and kisses at the point of departure near L.A., Colin met his aunt at the cruise ship, and they got on board.
0: We find our room, and, and because it's a free cruise for employees, they're not going to give us a stateroom that they could charge somebody a lot of money for. In other words, their room was awful. Deep in the bowels of the ship. It was, it was so far down, I swear I could hear the water splashing against the bottom of the boat. He did hear water. But it wasn't that water. The longer we were in there unpacking, the more flooded it it got. And then we noticed how bad it smelled. like Mildew, stale water, uh, fish. The good news, Aunt Deb
1: put in a call, and the cruise line gave them a different room. A bigger room, and one right off the main drag on the major deck, or the promenade in cruise parlance.
0: We repacked up our stuff. We went up to the new room, dropped off our uh, stuff, and headed out to the big deck to get a good spot against the railing for the Bon Voyage sail away party thing.
1: Yeah, they hadn't left yet, and there were already omens of doom. Colin left the stateroom first, his aunt running a few minutes
0: behind him. He heads out, walks around the corner, and up a little half stairwell. The music is blasting, generic marimba type island music or whatever. And I see this old man who, uh, how can I say this nicely? Uh, he wasn't in, in great shape. Uh, you know, his, his tacky Hawaiian shirt didn't quite cover his frame and he was uh, wearing tiny little white shorts. Uh, the memory is seared into my mind. He's an old man dancing, you know, holding his uh, giant tropical drink, cruise cliche all the way. It was great. And then, thwomp, he goes down. The man's wife, dressed in identical holiday wear,
1: shakes him and pounds on his chest. The party goes dead quiet.
0: People stand around shocked
1: and horrified.
0: A few people scream for doctors. I yelled out, call 911, because I was a young idiot but wanted to help. That's when my aunt saw what happened and and ran over the cruise ship doctor. Deb administered CPR and used a defibrillator to no avail.
1: The man died right there, on the deck of the cruise ship, before it even set
0: sail. He always wanted to go on a cruise before he died. She just kept saying that as as some uniformed employees led her away. Then somebody got on the loudspeaker and told us to go back to our staterooms. So we did. Hours later,
1: as darkness fell, an announcement came that the crew was
0: finally ready to disembark. There must have been some kind of uh, miscommunication because all that time was obviously supposed to be about getting that dead man's body taken away, but uh, we all start filing out to the deck and the music is going and the, the body is still there, covered. Then some guys rush in with a gurney and took it off the boat as quickly as they possibly could. And that was that? Nah. Oh yeah, and they dropped the body when it was going off the gangplank Half of it landed on the dock and the other just barely out, so it almost landed in the water. It's amazing. We finally leave around 7 p.m., some mild partying happening in the interim. People clearly didn't feel appropriate enjoying themselves, but then the booze got flowing. Cokes for me, unlimited drinks package, thank you, Uh, benefit of friends and family of employees, and it started to get pretty raucous.
1: And through all of this, Colin had been going it alone, ironically, because the whole point of this cruise was so that he wouldn't be alone for any large stretch of time.
0: My aunt had pretty much disappeared all day to take care of paperwork and give statements to the cruise company, police, authorities, and uh, morticians. She finally showed up around 11 p.m. when I was just uh, sitting at a table by myself, drinking lots and lots of Cokes.
1: Colin and Deb head back to their room, variously sugar-crashed and exhausted. It was then when they learned why their seemingly primo, curiously available stateroom had otherwise gone unoccupied.
0: Uh, The toilet didn't work, so we had to go use a, a public one, probably 50 yards away. Disgusting. It's where all those drunk people tried to pee before they went back to their rooms. Almost all of them missed the bowl, it would seem. I went in my socks just once before putting on flip-flops for my other trips. Also, it was loud as hell. Because it's right off the main promenade of the ship. It was situated right by these big loudspeakers that played island music 24 hours a day. It was awful. We could not sleep at all. But when they did get sleep, they'd be rudely interrupted. I think almost everyone trying to get back to their rooms had to go by our room, so... We got tons of drunk people staggering by, yelling and singing. And you know who's drunk on a cruise ship? Everybody. Everybody on a cruise ship is drunk. I could barely sleep all night anyway because of the music, but every time I drifted off, I'd suddenly get shocked awake by someone forcefully trying to open our door, drunkenly thinking that this was their room. One guy was so drunk and so angry, he forced the door open and then demanded to know why we were in his room his drunk wife told him they had the wrong room but he still threatened to tell the captain whom he claimed was his good friend and he was going to have us thrown out and that was just the first day the first day was the worst day so far and at first it looked like their troubles were over the next days were actually pretty good did fun cruise ship things uh, hung out with my aunt who was young and pretty cool The room was loud, but we didn't spend much time in there. We got some earplugs so we could sleep. What about the toilet, though? The toilet never got fixed, and and that definitely sucked. We called down every day to get someone to come fix it. They promised to send someone, but kept sending us chocolate muffins for our trouble, which is extremely ironic and kind of gross.
1: But after a few days of disarming, comfortable, low-key fun, and all things considered, Vacation Bliss came the point of no return. I'm speaking ironically about the vibe of the cruise. They didn't literally hit the point of no return. We wouldn't be speaking to Colin otherwise. But first, young Colin got to experience two last bright bits of vacation magic before the crap fest returned. He got to hang out with some adorably rebellious teens and then got to see half of a
0: magic show. A couple of days in, we're in the groove, having a great time. My aunt gets called to work in the infirmary to help out for a few hours. The other doctor wasn't feeling well and couldn't be near patients if they came in. She's bummed out, and I was kind of weird about it, but then she told me that I'd get to go hang out in the Cruz's teen zone. The teen zone? Hey, that sounds like some totally rad, not at all pandering, wicked, rad fun, dude. I'm not sure if it was actually called that. It was uh, something like that, something cheesy. But I was 12 and not yet a teenager, so I thought it sounded really cool. And I was psyched to get to hang out with some older kids. On Deb had pulled some strings, even though Colin was below the cutoff age. I imagine they'd be these total badass teens who didn't want to hang out with their lame families on the cruise at the pool or... Whatever, so they'd go to the teen zone to smoke cigarettes and watch PG-13 movies and play Nintendo, if they had one. I had a very 80s movie notion of what cool teens were supposed to be like. As it happens, Colin's ridiculous fantasy wasn't too far off. This guy, barely older than a teenager, signs me in and then just bolts. And then there are just like eight or nine surly kids who all seem to know each other, even though they just knew each other from the cruise. And they just sat around and, and smoked and told each other definitely made up stories about all the sex they had had and how drunk they get. It was amazing. I, I smoked my first cigarette. Listeners want to know, Colin, did they have Nintendo? And they had a Nintendo with Ninja Gaiden and Excite Bike. I remember that very clearly. They also had a VCR, and one of the kids, I think his name was Trey, uh had one of those Faces of Death movies of people getting killed in accidents and stuff. A wonderful afternoon. Ninja Gaiden. Nice. Well,
1: after a few hours of smoking and watching other people die, Colin's aunt
0: came and picked him up. They had plans. Dinner at the buffet, which I love, and then tickets to that night's show. So what did you have at the buffet? You didn't eat the fish, did you? I don't remember what I had at the buffet, only that I didn't have any of the fish. I don't really like shrimp or anything like that anyway, plus uh, the stuff they had out there sitting on some very melting ice just seemed kind of… off. My aunt saw me looking at it and said, Hey, see that? Never eat shrimp on a cruise. I thought that was weird, and she said, Yeah, you would think it's fine, but it's never fine. I've been a ship doctor for a year, and I've lost count of how many people I've seen get sick off the of shrimp. And
1: that, listener, is what we in the storytelling business call foreshadowing.
0: Okay, so we have dinner at the buffet, which was absolutely packed with people just loading up their plates with the big ticket items. Uh, Shellfish, crab, that shrimp. Nobody else seemed to have a problem with it. This was 1990, so endless shrimp was a pretty big draw. Colin and Deb left their cruise brethren to it because they had show tickets, Yes, the big entertainment in the Grand Hall that night was the magical stylings of... I I do not remember his name, but it was something ridiculous, like the awesome Todd or uh, Magic Mike.
1: It wasn't Magic Mike, but let's call him Magic Mike.
0: So we go in and head to our seats in the front row, because again, being related to a ship doctor on that cruise line has privileges. The place fills up around us, and I'm actually getting excited. The lights dimmed and the synthy
1: background music began. Definitely something by Technotronic. The show was about to begin.
0: My aunt turns to me and says, When he asks for volunteers, raise your hand. She's arranged it so I could be the random person in the audience to assist a magician. Sorry to ruin that illusion for you. No pun intended. He runs through his act. It's really cool seamless tricks, lots of card stuff, close up magic too. Just dumb, giddy fun. Everyone is astonished. About 30 minutes in, Colin heard his cue. He asked for a volunteer from the audience, but was looking a little green, blinking a lot. A little, like, unsteady. Wouldn't have remembered those details were it not for what happened later.
1: Colin heads up to the stage. Magic Mike makes him
0: introduce himself and then explains the trick that he's going to do something about having me use a magic hammer to hammer this huge rusty nail through his hand they never got to do the trick he hands me the hammer and then we're both holding onto it and he sways a little, I see his cheeks bulge and he gurgles out sorry kid, and he just pukes all over me, so much puke, just this geyser of puke all over me my hands, my shoes, my clothes the floor and then Magic Mike ran off
1: searching for a vessel into which he could magically expel the magical contents of his magical upset stomach. Meanwhile, a shocked and confused 12-year-old Colin is left alone on a stage in front of a couple hundred terrified and grossed-out cruisers.
0: It wasn't a huge room, so the, the smell, oh, I'll never forget that smell, like permeated. Just smelled like shrimp, but rotten shrimp and stomach acid. One would think that Colin's cool and helpful doctor
1: Aunt Deb would have been right there on the stage in a second, getting her nephew out of there and cleaned up. But her loyalty to the Hippocratic Oath determined her loyalties were to lay somewhere else.
0: Maybe they were triggered by the magician puking or or just the timing of how long it takes the human body to process tainted shrimp was the same because... People in the audience were already throwing up. My aunt was already helping them get out of the room. And thus
1: began the shrimp-related collective vomit fest. Aunt Deb had been absolutely correct about avoiding shrimp on a cruise... More often than not, it would seem, at least for this particular cruise in the year 1990, the shrimp was tainted or improperly stored, or just full of nasty germs that will give a whole ship full of ravenous gourmands, non-stop vomiting, and aggressive
0: diarrhea. The diarrhea I experienced, well, not me, but when I had to use the hallway bathroom because the toilet in our room still hadn't been fixed... Uh, that thing was absolutely painted with poop, and nobody ever cleaned it up. Uh, maybe the cleaning crew got too sick or just refused to do it. I, I don't blame them. Over the next two days, Colin aimlessly
1: wondered about the ship, seemingly the last man on Earth, or in this case, a kid on a cruise ship. His aunt was understandably enlisted into medical
0: duty to assist the hundreds of passengers dealing with severe food poisoning. I was just kind of bored and weirded out. Everyone else was obviously having a much worse vacation than me. Left alone to his own devices, and because nearly everyone on board was sick, there wasn't much for Colin to see, or do, or even eat. All the food service had been shut down, so there were just like grab-and-go turkey sandwiches in ice chests, and canned Cokes, so I lived on that. He
1: attempted to return to the teen zone, but it was closed, either because there wasn't anybody well enough to
0: unlock the door or enjoy its services. But the kids' cruise club was open, like the teen zone, but for little kids. I was way too old for it, but 12 was the cutoff, so the nice lady that worked there welcomed me in. into a large room
1: that looked like a kindergarten classroom, but big enough to accommodate 100 kids or so. Colin went and found just two other young cruisers.
0: They were cousins and they were both named Ryan. I didn't talk to them much. They were glued to the TV on a cart playing what was probably the only tape they had. The Land Before Time,
1: the amazing and depressing animated dinosaur movie. Four stars.
0: When it was over, the Ryan screamed so loudly that the attendant lady rewinded it and started it back up again. They screamed the entire time she rewound it, too. Something was wrong with those kids. After two viewings of The
1: Land Before Time, Colin was bored but had nowhere to go. So he took up the attendant's offer to do a craft project
0: macaroni glitter art. We were supposed to make a boat or a fun thing we did on the cruise to show our parents. I made an SOS with macaroni and glitter. The lady running the place didn't think it was nearly as funny as I did. I still have that thing.
1: When the kids' club shut down, Colin didn't have much to do besides wander around, exploring the ship. It was a ghost town, or ghost ship, completely silent, except for the sounds of throats and butts expelling semi-solid waste.
0: So, by the time things had settled down and I got to see my aunt again, the cruise was over. They actually turned around and we got home a day earlier than planned because they'd canceled all the excursions and stops because of the food poisoning outbreak. My parents were pretty annoyed when they had to come get me early. Well, hey, at least you got to go on a cruise
1: and spend some time with your aunt. And it was free. I think I got it out of my system, you could say. Apt phrasing,
0: but sure. Did you ever go on a cruise again? No, that was my first and last cruise. And my aunt got a better job a couple of months later.
1: We've docked, dropped anchor, and wiped puke off of our faces, and are sipping a ginger ale. So let's go over some of Andrew's travel tips. Tip number one. Take some activities to do. Look, I know you always bring a book on a trip and never get a chance to read it because you're having so much fun and you don't get a lot of downtime. But bring that book, bring that iPad, bring that hobby craft. It's an emergency contingency time killer. You might wind up like young Colin, stuck with nothing to do for days on end except listen to people puke. Tip number two do not volunteer for the magician. You're proactive in your regular life. Vacation is a time for relaxing. Don't volunteer for the show. You might get puked on. You might embarrass yourself. Let it be someone else's opportunity to check off the put myself out there more box on their my year of yes list. You've earned the right to sit back and observe. Tip number three. Don't eat the shrimp on a cruise. That's all. I don't think I need to explain that one. We just did a whole episode about that. Just don't do it. I don't even care if it gives you a good story. Just don't do it, man. Until next time, thanks for listening to Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, and don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us. While you're at it, Follow me at Let's Not Meet Cast on Instagram for more updates on upcoming episodes. And check out my other shows, Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast and Odd Trails at Podcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got the worst vacation experience, we do want to hear about it. It could form the basis of the next classic episode. Tell us about it. Please email us at Welcome to Paradise It Sucks at gmail.com. Welcome to Paradise It Sucks is a collaboration between Cloud 10 Media and Cryptic County. The executive producers are Andrew Tate and Sim Sarna. The producers and writers are Brian Boone and Devin Ruskin. The audio engineer is Trevin Barty. I love it when we're cruising together, listener.